This is my friend, John Mahama, and John became a Christian in his early 20s. And as a young man, coming from a Muslim background, finding Jesus, he began to pioneer churches in northern Ghana. And it was around 1990 when I travelled to Ghana that I met him for the first time. And at that time, he was pioneering a thriving church in Kamasi, filled with men and women from the north, many of whom had become Christians and then rejected from their families. And when I first went to his church, every night, dozens of people slept on the floor of this tiny building. And even though he was caring for so many, as a day job, he was a full-time driver for a missionary at that time, Monday to Friday and Saturday. And then he would do his pastoral work in his own time. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and we were able to raise support and John went into full-time ministry. And he continued to build an amazing work. He and his wife had great compassion for young people who became Christians from the north and were rejected from their families. And over a period of time, over a hundred young people lived with them as a family. Their only natural son tragically died of malaria at the age of seven. And a couple of years later, I was privileged to dedicate their miracle son. Pastor John was passionate about helping people from poor backgrounds to have a trade to give them support and dignity and he and his team have trained over 500 girls and boys in carpentry, electrics, clothes and bread making, giving them hope in life. John recently retired and he remains one of the most humble men I have ever met. And today we continue our series on character like Jesus by looking at humility. And we're in John's Gospel, chapter 13, if you want to turn to it. It was just before the Passover festival and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Feet are funny, aren't they? I have very ticklish feet. In fact, if you're in the room with someone who's got ticklish feet, why not tickle them right now? I enjoyed watching many people at one of our nation's day try for the first time chicken's feet. I can't wait for our next nation's day when we can gather together as a family, worshipping together. Lord Jesus, may it be sooner than any of us think. But feet are funny. Different sizes, different looks. And here in our passage, we see the true humility of Jesus as he washes his disciples' feet. I love this passage and how it reveals the true nature of servant leadership. The image of Jesus 
washing the feet of the men he loved. The Son of God, there at the beginning of creation with the Father and the Holy Spirit, leaving it all to be born in a cave in poverty, living his life in simplicity and humility, and now near death. He knows at this point that victory is coming, sin is going to be defeated, and he is returning as the victorious king. So what does he do? He kneels down as a servant in humility to serve the people he had made. I love Jesus so much. At that time when guests arrived at a feast, they needed their feet to be washed. The roads of Palestine were unsurfaced and in dry weather, they, they were deep in dust and in, in the wet, it was like liquid mud. And people wore sandals held on by a few simple straps that gave very little protection. Therefore, at the door of a house, there were large water pots and a servant with a towel ready to wash the feet of guests as they arrived. It was a ceremony that you went through before you entered the house. And yet it seems that the feet of the disciples had not been washed. Perhaps they usually took turns to serve one another and no one had stepped up. I think it's more likely because of what we read in Luke's account that there were other things going on. Luke describes that they were arguing about who was the greatest. And probably Jesus, having heard them, uses this illustration as a springboard. He removes his outer clothes, ties a servant's apron around him, serves them by washing their feet and gives them and us an example. And when we look at Jesus here in these verses, we not only see humility in action, but we also see the journey to humility. Jesus was firstly secure in who he was. He knew he'd come from God. Do you remember Jesus' baptism when the father said, this is my son whom I love with him, I am well pleased. Jesus knew he was loved. He knew he was fathered. And that led to him being secure and at peace. He knew the father was proud of him. He knew who he was and this led to humility. Jesus also knew that he was returning to God, which meant he was certain of his future. His times were in the father's hands. He was living for the well done and his reward was in heaven. Jesus knew the time was coming to go home and this led to humility. He also knew what was important. Having loved, he loved them to the end, even in their failings. He knew that the devil had influenced Judas. He knew the rest of the disciples were going to walk away. He knew that Peter would deny him. And yet he had loved people in every step, every moment, every decision, and he loved them in spite of their sin to the end. His love for others led to humility. So he knew who he was. He was certain of the future. He knew what was important and he understood true greatness. We read this. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power. He knew that true greatness was to fulfill the father's plan. He knew that greatness was to serve others. He knew that greatness was to give his life for the freedom of others. He never needed to prove anything to anyone. And this led to humility. And we see this journey to humility in Jesus. Security, certainty, focus, true greatness. The road to humility is the same for us. 
When this journey is our foundation, humility grows and our eyes move from ourselves to Jesus and we take up the towel. I don't know about you, but I can see the opposite of some of this in me. Can you see it in you? Pride. I'm better. Boasting. Look what I've done. Independence. I know best. Ego. Look at me. Hidden motives. I want my own way. Unhealthy competition. I must win. Selfishness. It's all about me. Now, humility is never humiliation. On my first trip to the Philippines, it was over an Easter weekend. And I remember huge crowds of people bringing the statues from the churches to walk them around the areas. And I saw a man who had a bare back and he knelt down on the road as they cut the back and then he beat himself with a whip because he somehow thought that he flagellated himself. God would love him more. Humility is never this. We are loved before we do anything. So let's look at these same stages of a journey to humility. Firstly, our call is to be secure in who we are. We are loved before we do. Fathered, secure, when we know the king, nothing to prove, no need to impress. Our worth is not dictated by our achievements. It is in him. Jesus knew and we read, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. We can know who we are in Jesus and this begins the journey to humility. We can also be certain of our future. Jesus knew he was returning to the father and this became his gaze. When we grasp that he is our main pursuit, and that one day we will be with him and, and that until that day he's going to carry us. It takes away the striving and we live differently. We begin to walk in the revelation that he's the door opener. He's all we need. And we begin to stop striving and start trusting that all is well. Let's get our eyes on Jesus. You know, he's the rock that you have been looking for. When our gaze is fixed on him. Serving others is a natural response and humility grows. The road to humility like Jesus is thirdly to remember what's important. Having loved, he loved them to the end. True success is different to what we see in our world. Of course, it's okay to celebrate achievement, to be proud of what God has done in your life. But let's remember what's really important. People link success to wealth. True success is, is not seen in what I have, the car I drive, the home I live in, but rather who I am. One of the many reasons Susan and I choose not to know the amounts that people give in TLC is because we never want to treat people differently based on what they contribute or don't contribute. We want to love everyone the same to the end. That does not mean that giving is not important. It's incredibly important to give back from all that he has given. And I would urge you to get this area of your life in order. You know, this year, as we as a church aim to meet the challenges in our church of a global pandemic, 
to respond to the amazing opportunity of open hands to open a new compassion center and to love the poor, to go beyond the challenge of mission. Please be a giver and start right now. When we remember what's truly important, to live our lives humbly before the Father, loving people to the end, something changes in us. The church should be filled with love for people, love for the broken and the hurting, love for the difficult and the stubborn, love for the lost and the world, loving one another with all our passion and uniqueness. When love is in your heart, humility grows. Humility like Jesus, this journey, knowing I'm loved, trusting God with my future, focusing on what's important and understanding true greatness. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. You know, realizing that true greatness in life is to walk humbly before God with integrity and honesty helps me to begin to lose my pride, my ungodly boasting, my ego, my hidden motives, my unhealthy competition, my selfishness. And when I walk through these steps, it's never a problem to wash feet, to be faithful in serving, to be quick to forgive, to be consistent and Christ-like. For me as a leader, there's nothing I should be unwilling to do if God requires me to. All of us should be willing to clean the loose, pick up litter. And if we can't do it, what does that say about the work of God in us? We may not always need to, but we should always be willing to. And TLC, my challenge to us all this morning is this. Let's take up the towel. Let's pray for our families, serve our work colleagues, find ways to bless our streets, keep loving the poor. Remember how blessed we are. Keep giving away, keep laughing and loving. Find delight in simple things and humbly with compassion and grace, serve one another. This is real joy and it lasts. This is character that is priceless. This is the humility that Jesus walked in. Amen.